The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, We speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. This is a very special day for many reasons. Of course, we're celebrating Trinity Sunday. And for us and for churches throughout Christendom who are named for the Trinity, this, of course, is our name day. So we celebrate that this day. For me personally, it's an important day because it was six years ago that I was instituted as your rector and something for which I give God thanks and a thank you to you for being the kind of congregation that you are. It's life here. So, I thank you. You are so kind. There's another reason today is an important day. We, at the 8 o'clock service, have the baptism of Olive Gutzler. And Olive, uh, such a beautiful baby, helped us to remember what it is to become a part of the family of God, to be a part of the body of Christ. So this is a very special day. I have, uh, I will not preach about the Trinity today. I'll spare you that. I've put at least uh, a couple of congregations to sleep with those sermons. (laughs) 
But rather, I, I prefer to speak about the, and for us to reflect on the gospel for today, about this very interesting story of Jesus' encounter with Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who is a leader of the Jews, he's a part of the Sanhedrin, and a Pharisee, it says. So as a Pharisee, of course, would have been one of those who had dedicated themselves to live by the law of Israel. They were perhaps among the most religious because they truly cared about making God pleased with them by obeying the law of God. So this was a person of faith, a person who cared about living his faith. And he comes to Jesus in the night. Now, what's very interesting about this, besides being kind of this night meeting, perhaps because Nicodemus was afraid to expose himself uh, to be one who was interested in what Jesus was talking about. But it's also interesting that Jesus is meeting with, and having an extended conversation with this person who is a leader, who is someone of high estate. Most of the encounters that Jesus had, as you'll recall from most of what we read in the Gospels, were encounters with people who lived on the margins of Jewish society, the people who were the outcasts, not the ones who had power, the ones who had authority. But that's not the case on this night. Nicodemus is seeking out Jesus. And the first thing that he says is, Rabbi, acknowledging the fact that Jesus is learned in the law. And he then says that you do these wonderful things. That it, it must be that you are from God that you are from above. Jesus, hearing that, does not thank him or acknowledge that compliment that was just paid to him. But rather, Jesus says that no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Well, Nicodemus misses the point. And it's easy if, to understand why, because that phrase, born from above, could mean, like we use the phrase, take it from the top, from the beginning, from above. And apparently that's how he understood what Jesus was saying. It was to be born not from above, but, from, but to be born again. Take it from the top. Let's do it one more time. Let's be born again. Well, Jesus corrects him right away and says, No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. And then he repeats, one must be born from above. And then Jesus goes on to say that the wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This passage, I think, uh, brings up, at least in me and perhaps in you, one of those uh, hot-button phrases that we sometimes are confronted with as Christians, and that is the question, have you been born again? I remember when I was in college, there was a friend of ours who was an evangelical, but a particularly of that very sort of aggressive uh, evangelical bent, who would often ask his friends, have you been born again? And then he would go through the four spiritual laws. I don't know if you remember those. This was something very popular back in the 60s and 70s. Then when I entered the Air Force in 1970, there was a, a young man who became a friend of mine. I liked him very much. Uh, he, he had 
become what was called a navigator at the academy. The navigators was a very active Christian group at the Air Force Academy. Now, I think it's probably 50, 60 years old as an organization. And the, what characterized the navigators was, again, this pressing people to make a decision for Christ that it was the thing that we needed to do to be to say the right words and then we would be born again. I remember a rector that we had in San Antonio who uh, commented once in a conversation he and I were having around this kind of general topic and he said how frustrated he would be uh, so many times when people would imply that there was something inauthentic about his faith. He said, I have given my entire professional life to the gospel. How can anyone question my faith? I think that many of us have found ourselves in that position. And I want to be clear that I am not criticizing those who have a passion for bringing people to Christ. Because that is a mission that all of us should have. But I think what happens with those who... Uh, sometimes press upon us their experience of faith is that it denies our experience of God. We, I think, as we get to know one another and we share our experiences of faith, we find that we are enriched when we hear about others' experience with the Spirit and with God. For the Spirit comes to us in so many different ways. For many of us, certainly true of me, and I'm sure it's true of many of you. The only thing we ever knew in terms of what it was to be a Christian, we knew from the time we were a baby. We were raised in the faith. We had parents who cared about us growing in the faith. We had family and friends who were engaged in that themselves. So we were reinforced with that over and over again. And for many, it's very difficult to point to a particular point in time when their life was changed. And I think that's something that should be accepted. That can very well be the case. For some of us, we remember particular points in time when the Spirit blew by us and transformed us. Something happened that changed us forever. And for some of us, it was such a transformational moment that we can speak about it as though we were born again. Our lives were as though changed forever from what they had been before. But that's not everyone's experience. The spirit will blow where it will. But when it comes by, things are changed. We are changed, sometimes dramatically and sometimes not. We should also not forget that that wonderful Benedictine tradition that says that every day we should be transformed. Every day we should confess and every day we should once again receive the gift of the spirit. We should be made new every day. So that's one aspect of this that I, I think that we as mainline Christians need to see is that there is a variety of religious experience. And we don't deny those who have an experience that they call having been born again. But we also should be willing to say we have had experiences as well that have been transformational sometimes over the years that, that make it clear that the Spirit is alive and working within us. 
There's another aspect of this uh, being born from above that I think is important for us to think about. It's hard for us to put ourselves in the culture and time in which uh, Jesus lived. But at that time, who your father was made a tremendous amount of difference in terms of your place in society. It distinguished one group of people from another. And what Jesus seems to be saying to Nicodemus, to someone who is born of the manor, perhaps, you know, he is, he's one of these who has a very special place in society because of who his father was. Jesus says, you must be born from above. And we heard in the reading from Romans that we are children of God. If we all have the same father, if we are all children of God, then there is no distinction. It doesn't matter who your father was or who my father was. We are siblings. We are all children of God. I think that, too, is a part of what Jesus was communicating to Nicodemus on that night. Another thing that I think we must be clear about is that, uh, you know, when you think about this miracle that is birth, and as we uh, had Olive, uh, who is going to be baptized, she was right down below me, below the pulpit. You look upon a child like Olive, and it truly is a miracle. It's just incredible to see a newborn baby. That child did not choose to be born. She didn't choose her parents. She didn't accept the life, the life that is before her. All of that happened to her. It happened to every one of us. I think in a similar way, being born from above is not about what we do, but it's about what God does. God is the subject. We are the object in the grammar of salvation. It is not what we do. It is who we are. We are children of God. And God is our father, our mother. So I think that's an important aspect to keep in mind as we think about our salvation. Because so often I think we beat up on ourselves that we haven't done enough. We've not, we've not done enough in terms of keeping the law, perhaps. We have failed in so many ways. We can find all kinds of ways in which we've missed the mark. But what Jesus preached over and over again was the grace of God and the love of God and that God is the one that makes the difference. If you think about it, Nicodemus, if anybody should be reconciled with God and should be acceptable to God, it ought to be someone like Nicodemus who lived his life in order to satisfy the requirements of the law to be in a right place with God. And yet Jesus once again says, it's not about religion. It is about a relationship with the living God. And it seems to me he was saying to Nicodemus on that night, you are God's son. It's a different relationship. It's not about the law. It's about your relationship with God. I think finally it's important for us to think about baptism itself as we were uh, going to baptize Olive I, I was reminded that there's something truly wonderful about infant baptism and that is that it, it reminds us that we don't do anything again when it comes to be, being a part of the body of Christ 
Olive had no idea what was happening to her this morning. But God, through the Holy Spirit, was making her a part of the body of Christ. I believe that we are all brothers and sisters. We are all sons and daughters of the Most High. And I thank God that we know through Christ that it isn't about what we do, but it's about who we are, that we can approach this altar and we can receive the grace of God. And so we give thanks this day for the triune God, the one who loves us as children and who accepts us and pours out his grace this day and always. Amen.